Hi there, my name is Lindy van Yerden and welcome to the Be Known Podcast. If you are feeling stuck and craving more from your life, then you are at the right place. If you have kids running around like I have and never find time for yourself, you are at the right place. If you want to change your life and build a side business to call your own, you are at the right place. Grab a cup of coffee and join me. I'm also a busy mom, so I promise to keep things short and sweet. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let's begin. So welcome to today's episode. I'm really excited to present Alison Grun. She is an extremely passionate motorcyclist and business owner. And through her venture, she encourages women to lead the life they want and follow what sets their heart on fire. Welcome, Alison. It's very nice to have you on the show. Great to be here as well. Thanks for inviting, Lindy. It is my pleasure. So I think let's start off. And um, Alison, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself to the audience. Tell us a little bit about who is Alison. And then we'll move on to telling um, the audience a little bit about what is Two Wheels to Free Will. Sure. So what I think you made a pretty, uh, pretty straightforward and uh, a good introduction. So I'm definitely a passionate biker. That's probably what defines me most. Um, I've lived all my life on two wheels and was raised in a biker's family. Um, and on the side, yeah, I used to be a, a corporate woman, so to speak. Um, worked in different uh, large corporations at regional, as a regional director and uh, starting my own venture um, only in 2020. So kind of a new entrepreneur. Um, and I would describe myself here yeah, as well as a, as a definitely a, a strong feminist. Um, I've always been passionate by this topic and feel that we would live in a, such a better world if a woman could overcome their self-limiting beliefs and if we had a more inclusive world. Um, so yeah, that's about me. Wow. So I remember you telling me about um, you are from France. Am I right? Yes. <laughs> it's uh-huh. funny because I always forget to mention about that. And I realize that people always tell me, but you need to precise that. That's part of who you are. Yes, actually, <laughs> it's part of who I am. Definitely. <laughs> Just from the accent, I think it's definitely part of who I am. Yeah, yeah. I'm indeed from France, from Paris. Originally from France, yeah. from Paris. And you are at the moment in Kuala Lumpur. Yes. How I've did that in, journey start for you? Um, well, I mean, I, I'm an only child. And as I said, my parents are bikers. And I've been very lucky to be taken uh, on tours with them all the time. So I've been a globetrotter for, from a very young age, so to speak. And when I was 18 years old, I left home to travel the world and do some jobs. And then I did my studies in Manchester in the UK. Um, and then when I got my first corporate job in France, I was always set on working overseas. That has always been an objective for me because I feel that's, that's where I grew most. Because, you know, when you're overseas, you're always a little bit out of your comfort zone and you need to adapt and learn so much. And so, yeah, I waited patiently for five years until um, I got that job opportunities within uh, Orange, the group, for, the group I was working for, uh, offered me that position to come to Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, to open the rep office of their consulting branch. So that's what led me to Asia in the first place. 
and that was in 2015. Actually, 2014, I moved to Jakarta, Indonesia first, and then a few months later, opened the rep office in Malaysia. Um, yeah, and then I had opportunities to go back to France, grow my career, but then I was uh, in love with Malaysia and I decided to join a smaller company and to stay, to stay in Asia. I was just starting to learn how to work in Asia, so I didn't want to go. Um, so yeah. So, and then you said you started your own business in 2020, um, so last year. How did that, was that something that you've always dreamt about doing and then kind of just waited for the right opportunity? Or how did you decide to move from corporate world into being a business owner? So it was not at all a goal uh, for me. It was a little bit, um, to say, destiny, so to speak. Uh, I wouldn't say that I, I've always had an entrepreneur mindset in the sense that even in my companies, I've always been entrepreneurs. Um, when I was in the corporate world, I pitched an idea for a dating app better targeted at women at Google. Then I did, um, I created organizations for women expatriated professionals with, with some friends here. So I always had, I always had these, uh, how to say entrepreneurial mindset, yeah. but I never particularly wanted to start my own business just to start my own business. I was pretty comfortable in the corporate world. Um, but what happened is that, as I said, I moved from Orange to a smaller company um, uh, during my time in Malaysia. And um, so I lost my job at the end of 2019 due to economic downturn. And so that was kind of a kick in the ass, so to speak. And I thought, just the idea of looking for another job in the corporate just made me feel very depressed and very sad and i didn't know what organization i wanted to work for so i really had to question myself because i was i've never been jobless and i've i've always been working since i'm 19 years old so you know losing my job like it happened within two weeks it was very very sudden and then having to turn back and be in a foreign country and thinking okay what am i going to do now for me, it was just, uh, how to say, it was just natural. It was like, well, that's, that's destiny was giving me that because otherwise, if I start a new job now, or if I was staying in this company, why would I push myself, you know, out of my comfort zone of this secure and stable situation? And, you know, so I was like, if I don't do it now, I will never do it. And it's just that based on my passion and what I wanted to do, I didn't know any organization that I could work for. So that's why I created my own. Wow, I can completely resonate with, with what you're talking about, getting out of your comfort zone. We moved from South Africa to Dubai about five years ago, and then moved from Dubai to the Netherlands. And I have found that um, every time that I'm starting to stagnate or starting to get too comfortable, you almost get like that itch because you're getting used to change. And I feel like for me, it has helped me in a business sense to get used to change and be more adaptable. Um, have you found that in business that you that being adaptable is a good quality? Oh, yes, completely. Um, but I would say, I, I mean, I've learned that not necessarily through entrepreneurship, I definitely think that that's a key quality and key ability to have when you're an entrepreneur. 
but I've learned that during my corporate career just because of the different jobs that I've taken on and the different cultural context I was evolving. And so I was managing teams of over 20 people in different countries like India, Philippines, Singapore, Australia. So the agility and flexibility and adaptability and being able to change your management style and being able to adapt to different contexts. And that was that's something that I learned most when I moved to Asia, actually. And that's definitely helping me now that I start my own business. But I would say I learned that when I moved to Asia rather than when I started my own business. Yeah. So I heard you talk a little bit earlier about that transition and thinking about going back to the corporate world and then kind of weighing the pros and cons. Um, what do you think, what do you think moving, what was one of your biggest hesitations to, to say, okay, you know what, let's just put all of the eggs in the basket and just give this a shot. What was your biggest consideration to actually do that and not stay in the, I almost want to say the safety net of having a full-time job and a full-time income each month. Mm. Um, what I would say the biggest fear was the um, the financial stability. Obviously, um, I'm a single woman, and you know I don't have too much security net. I, you know I don't have anyone I can rely on. Of course, I have my absolutely loving parents, and I know if I need anything, like I could ask them. You know, like yeah. I, I feel safe on that that side but but still you know i've never asked them money since you know since i'm since i've started working so taking that leap of faith was more like i think my biggest hesitation was like okay now i'm on my own and what i loved about the corporate world is that I, i've never been a big spender anyway like i i live quite simply i guess well i mean i spend a lot of money on my bikes actually <laughs> bikes and travels maybe i definitely spend money on experience but you know i'm, I'm not so much of a materialistic person so when i was in the corporate job you know what i like is i just didn't count anything like for me i felt totally rich you know because i knew i had and i would never like check my accounts and things like so i think my biggest hesitation was like yeah now i have to be careful and i need to you know um spend wisely and i cannot just spend as much as i want without thinking about it you know this kind of peace of mind i had before on the financial side so this was probably my biggest hesitation uh, but as i don't know honestly i didn't have you know to be fair i had a few emotional shocks as well that happened at the same time so just a month after I lost my job, um, my uh, one of my young cousins um, committed suicide, and that really she was really young, twenty four years old, and that really also kind of shaped me a lot. And also in terms of you know life and the choices that you make in life, and how important it is you know to be to be good with yourself. So. I don't know. In a way, I, it was like, I think when we face adversities and things that put us on the edge, we don't think so much. So I, I don't know. I didn't have much hesitation. Honestly, for me, starting my own company was just uh, what I had to do. That's I amazing because I, I think there's so many people that feel like they have to do something. They have this urge to do something else. 
but they're too scared to take that leap. They're too scared to leave the stability of a job. And in your case, you are kind of pushed into, into what now feels like the right direction. Yes, completely, completely. And uh, it, But I feel it's a shame. And that's why also, I mean, we talk about that later, I guess, but that's also the reason why, you know, in my company, with my company, it's a, it's a way, I'm, I'm using the motorcycling as a vehicle, but it's also a way for me to push people out of their comfort zone and, and women in particular, before they don't have choice. Because, you know, if I had been able, if I had pushed myself earlier, maybe, I don't know. I mean, I don't have any regret because honestly, you know, your past is your past. And that had to happen for me. I always say that, that what happened and me losing my job was a, a blessing in disguise. But I would say that uh, it's a shame that sometimes we need to wait for drama, so to speak, or big adversity to happen to our lives so that we have this click in our head and that we say, and we think, okay, now I want to do what I really love. Why do we need to wait for drama to happen and things to shake us before before we actually take the step that we know is going to make us happy, you know? Wow, that's really powerful. I absolutely love that you said that. Why do we need to wait for pain and adversity to actually push us to do what we love? Why aren't we driven to do what we love? We have one life to live and we might as well make the best of it. Tell me, I'm going to go just a little bit back because I want you to tell um, me and the audience a little bit more about um, two wheels to free will and how you do that um, help people get their free will back with your organization? So basically, free W is, um, so free WW for women, for will, and for wheels, uh, like two wheels. Um, and basically, the idea is to use motorcycling as a vehicle of emancipation and self-empowerment. So um, basically, by giving the opportunity, I feel that a motorcycle is a little bit like life, you know? A lot of people and women in particular, they think that they cannot do it or that it's too dangerous or that they are not capable or society will tell them it's not really a woman thing, it's more male dominated, you know, and it's a bit like many things in life, you know, and basically when they try and when they learn, then they realize that they actually can. And that, I don't know, that just changed something in the mind and suddenly they're like, okay, I can do that. Maybe I can do anything else, you know? So in more concrete words, uh, what I provide is motorcycle training classes. So I teach women and men as well, if they want, how to learn motorcycles. Um, I, I organize events as well, where women riders and aspiring riders can meet. Uh, because I also believe that the people you surround you, you yourself surround yourself with are very important in how you how brave you become to to embrace your authentic life. Um, so events and uh, motorcycle tours as well. So day tours in Malaysia, but also tours in Iran, Nepal, Myanmar, and um, and India. Um, and the concept is to leverage on my women riders network in those countries and, and leverage on local women to organize those tours and to experience the local way of life while they're traveling. So I have a whole range of products, I would say, around motorcycling, but the key driver is to provide an ecosystem for women and women riders and aspiring riders to connect and support each other and to experience 
uh, motorcycle to discover what they're capable of. Yeah, wow. So tell me, um, what has been one of the best experiences that you've had um, since you've started your business? Um, I would say the one that gives me shivers and that, uh, yeah, it's probably the best one is, um, so I, I, during one of my events, um, there was a lady who won, we had a kind of uh, uh, raffle and she won a motorcycle tour with me. So I took her on my Harley and we did a three hours tour. Uh, so her name is Kulu, she's from Yemen, uh, living in Malaysia and um, she enjoyed like crazy and she was like you know it's my dream to ride a motorcycle i've always dreamed to ride a motorcycle i was like why don't you come take classes and she said well you know like i have a lot of financial responsibilities at the moment i cannot really afford uh, but that's really one of my dreams and then in parallel i was chatting with um, my woman writer's friends and um, one of them stacy told me uh, you know i really love your business ideas if you ever put funds please let me know i'd love to invest and I said, look, I'm not crowdfunding yet, but I have this woman who really would like to take classes and I cannot afford to sponsor because I have cost. Would you be interested in sponsoring the class because you know you hit wow. two birds with one stone? And she said, yes, of course. And so she sent me the money straight away. I barely knew her. She's just part of the woman writers community that I'm in. And um, she just sent me the money and she sponsored eight classes of Kulud. And it was Kulud's last class yesterday. And she wow. told me, she explained me how it changed her life and how she realized that she, when she came the first time, she couldn't even ride a bicycle. She didn't have the balance. And now she's able to ride a motocross. Um, and she told me like in terms of finer, um, more psychological, you know, empowerment and how it changed her life and how she realized that she used to be always negative and see the problems. And then by riding a motorcycle, she learned how to focus on the solutions to look where she has to go, you know, all those techniques to ride a motorcycle wow. that are so applicable in her life. And, and she said that totally changed my life. So yeah, that's definitely the best thing, the best thing. <laughs> and that's, that's something that you never think about. You just think about people riding their bicycles, but you don't think how it can change them psychological. And I think especially for a lot of females, they have so many responsibilities and they tend to take care of everyone else first and first husband and then kids or first kids and then husband. And then if there's anything less left, then I will take care of me or do something that I like or I enjoy. But um, we do tend to be the carers in the, in the family a lot of the times. And I think especially during COVID, it's a very important time to a message for females to also say that you are also important and you need to take care of yourself as well, um, especially with a lot of people being at home, working from home. So a lot of the responsibility now falls on the females or the moms to keep everything kind of running smoothly, as you will say. Yes, yes, totally, totally. And that's why sometimes it's difficult to explain because you really have to experience it. Um, but uh, all the women that have, that have started riding with me, um, many of them told me it's better than meditation, you know, because they have fun and they are concentrated on this activity where they cannot think about anything else. 
and you know they can express themselves they can... and you can't be on your phone right <laughs> exactly exactly and you know they can express their energy they can be themselves they can you know who told me she said motorcycling and she she did she told me something it was quite powerful. she said motorcycling made me meet another person i had in myself Oh, that's amazing. You know, so, um, and it's, it's the case for many women that I'm, that I'm teaching, you know, and some, you know, some will just take a few classes and just think, oh, that was cool. And they will try something else and that will encourage to do something else. Some, they will just love it and they will take their riding license and they will buy a motorbike. And some, they are already riders, but they just want to travel with fellow women. So, you know, it's just part of a, it's part of, a, of an overall journey. But I totally agree with you, like self-care is, is so important. And, and in Asia in particular, I feel, especially all the topics of mental health, we always talk about women empowerment and it's a very strong topic here. And so pushing women in the corporate world and so on, but we don't necessarily talk about yeah, this well-being, like how do you do that while also preserving your well-being and your mental health? you know, and not and being crazy, crazy busy and not, not having a life. And so when they start, you know, the first step, when they start taking some time for themselves and saying, okay, I take two hours for myself, I'm going to ride a bike, you know, or I'm going to meet some women riders and like different women. And, you know, that's already a first step. Yeah, do something for you. Um, yeah. And something that sets your heart on fire, something that brings out that inner child again. Um, yes. So I'm going to shift the conversation just a little bit to our audience, because I know in the audience, there's a lot of people that are probably in the corporate world and they want to move over to having their own business or they are stay at home moms and they're like, I want that something extra. I want that something else. So from a business perspective, what advice can you give to someone that hasn't started yet? What what's that first step to get them there? Well, I think what's really important is to start with the end in mind um, and make sure of why you want to do it. Um, sometimes we tend to think to idealize the entrepreneur's journey, and especially millennials, you know, the digital nomad life, and I have a laptop and I build my company with the four hours week. Uh, work week on the beach and so on and you know some people might have these in mind and it can be like quite daunting if it's not happening so I would say like really ask yourself why you are interested why do you want to start your own business so is it because you don't want to have a boss is it because you're passionate about something uh, and it doesn't exist is it because you want to make more money or you want to change the world because obviously the solutions to that can be very different you know, you can still change the world by maybe being in a corporate or you can still be your own boss by being a freelance and not necessarily building a company. So, you know, do you want to be a freelance or do you want to build a business? Those are different things, you know. Uh, I really like the concept as well of uh, Ikigai. I don't know if you've heard of that. No. Um, so it's a Japanese concept that means a reason for being. So if you if you can check it out, it's, it's very I'll interesting and I often that. look at it. Um, so basically it says that if you do something that you love and that you're good at, it's a passion. If you do something that you love and that the world needs, it's a mission. If you do something that the world needs and that you can be paid for, 
that's a vocation. And if you do what you're good at and what you can be paid for, that's a profession. And basically finding the Ikigai is the sweet spot between all those things. Doing what you love, what the world needs, what you can pay for and what you're good at. So I think it's a lot of people. Yeah, because a lot of people get stuck in between that. They glamorize and they think they just want the business, but maybe that isn't even the right path for you. Maybe you should just do freelance or maybe you should keep your corporate job and just find a company like yours and just do something on the side that will light that fire again and just make you feel alive. Yes, yes. So that would be one of the advice. I would also say, uh, know yourself. So I was lucky enough when I started my business, this was the beginning of the pandemic. So basically I was locked down in my home on my own for months. So that kind of helped me a little bit to reflect <laughs> before I started my business. Um, so list down what you love to do, what you're good at, where you want to improve, what you need to, what you would need to outsource. So I think it's very important to know yourself and what work environment you need to set up for yourself. So again, for me, for example, I thought I was really good working at home, but that was when I was in the corporate world and when I had meetings all the time and I, when I was traveling one week out of two. But now that I'm an entrepreneur, working out of home for me is a nightmare. So, you know, I think that's important, knowing yourself. And, and then subsequently, surround yourself with the right people. That for me is so much important. And it's not only, of course, like if you can build the team, if you have the means to build the team, it's great. You know, I'd love to have that. But it's not solely about skills or knowledge. What I mean is more people who support you emotionally when you have a rough patch and when you have doubts and you're like, when am I doing that again? Or, oh my God, this is too difficult. Maybe I should stop or, you know, and um, somebody who is able to show you what you have achieved. And so that's, and, and that you ask for help, you know, learn to ask for help and surround yourself with the right people. That I think is really one of the most important thing uh, when starting your business. Then you said be flexible, definitely. And I think that's quite common, be flexible and fail fast. You know, again, when we start our own business, I used to be in, um, as I said, in uh, sales. If I mean, I was regional director, but my background is known to business to business sales. And I realized that selling others and selling yourself are totally different games. Different things. So, yeah, so we become very self-conscious. And so I think it's important, like when you start, before you start, you know, don't forget to list your successes. Um, don't forget, and, and, and if you don't have any, and if, if it's not going anywhere, then fail fast and start something else, you know? So um, I think that's important. And the last advice uh, I would give uh, that I try, I put on my wall every month is don't forget to have fun. Um, so that's probably linked to my own values, but I feel, especially when you start your own company, uh, and especially if it's out of a passion, when the money side comes into play, it can easily become a burden, you know? And for me, my worst nightmare is doing this company and that it becomes a burden for me. So every week I make sure 
uh, that I record all those moments that I love about doing my business. And maybe I will have three days where I need to do social media marketing and I do admin and finance and things that I hate doing. But then I make sure that, you know, then I will have two or three days where I give motorcycle classes. Then, you know, it bumps me up and I'm like, okay, I know why I do that. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's really important. Now your yes. week in your month to have fun in between. Always, like every like every week, try to list down what you loved doing. Because our mind, our brain is made in a way that we always focus on the negative. And so it's very easy, especially when you're on your own, to, to see, you know, what didn't work or what was difficult or the stress you had or whatever. So, you know, taking this as a habit or every week, listing down your successes or all the little pleasure moments you had, um, is really like one of the key advice I would give because as an entrepreneur, you need to keep on the distance. You need to, to sustain it. So you need to be resilient. And um, so, yeah, don't forget to have fun. Wow, that is absolutely jam-packed. I absolutely love this last question and answer. I think I, I don't even think we can get better than that. So I think we should wrap it up from here. But that was absolutely amazing. I'm going to have to re-watch this and make all of the notes on the side. But um, wow, Alison, um, I have learned so much and I'm sure that everyone listening um, will also take notes and make sure that they enjoy the ride um, whether that's to entrepreneurship or to the corporate world or whatever they choose. Last question from my side, if people want to know more about your business, how can they get in contact with you if they're not in Kuala Lumpur? How can they interact or be a part of this? Um, yeah. Sure. So I have a website. Uh, so it's freew.co. Um, and then I have all the social media handles as well, um, Instagram, Facebook, or whatever. But they can certainly contact me on Alison at freew.co if they are interested to know more. And uh, yeah, on the website, there are also uh, all my social media handles. And I'll make sure to post all of the links in the description. And this will also be on social media. So I'll make sure to tag you and all of that. So if any one of you want to contact Alison, please do so. Send her a message. Tell, give us some feedback of what you thought. And if you also enjoyed this, um, this interview as much as I did. Thank you so much, Alison. And thank you for your time. And thanks a lot, Lindy. It was great chatting with you. Thank you so much for listening and staying till the very end. I really hope you enjoyed it. To get a free virtual coffee session with me, give me some feedback. Write a review, take a screenshot, tag me and send it to me. I will email you a link to book your session. Subscribe to my podcast if you want to hear more and see you in the next episode.